We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. I have been fed, that's a fact. I have been fed, that's a fact. My credit card purchases get me cash back. My credit card purchases get me cash back. No one else gets these rewards. Sergeant, that is just plain untrue. What in tarnation? Sir, PenFed's PowerCash Rewards Card isn't just for military members. Anyone can get cash back on all purchases. Ah, friggins! You've ruined my favorite song. PenFed Credit Union. Visit PenFed.org slash PowerCash. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Hey everyone, welcome to a, a new episode of Butting Heads. It's been a while, but obviously it is a very uh, sad and uh, devastating week in the LA sports landscape. So uh, before we start the show, we want to pay respects and give a moment of silence to, uh, in memory of Kobe Bryant and his daughter and everyone that passed away uh, tragically the other day on Sunday. Uh, so in lieu of the intro... Uh, we will pay our respects at the moment of silence for Kobe Bryant. All right. Well, Johnny, we are back. It has been f- five weeks since we've done a proper episode of Butting Heads. Uh we the last time we spoke on the pod, we said if the Rams beat the 49ers, we would be back next week to do a podcast. That didn't happen. Uh, we had one wrap up show with uh, my friend Kev Masarajan, who was great in your absence, but I missed you, man. How's it going? I was replaced <laughs> briefly. I, I feel devastated. <laughs> briefly. Nah. I, I have to say I did miss uh, doing a podcast with you, man. Um, I haven't talked to you since last year on the podcast anyway. 
So, um, yeah, it's, it's nice to be back. Uh, nice to talk football again, despite there not really being much football left in this uh, past season, I guess. One more game. Uh, one more game. We'll, we'll touch on it later on. Uh, but, yeah, we had some scheduling conflicts. We had – I got sick last week, still a little nasally, so pardon for that. Uh, but we should be pretty much every week from here on out. Uh, forever. Uh, we'll probably take a week off here and there, but we'll, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Uh, okay. So obviously the NFL season not over. The Rams season is over. Uh, not a lot of news right now. You know, we haven't been here to talk about the. Uh, well, before we get into it, Johnny, do you have any thoughts on the 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 coaching carousel we had here? Oh wow. Um. We don't have to go deep because this is this is kind of dated at this point. But uh, I mean, I think the last time we did, I did a butting heads. Wade had just gotten uh, not fired, but unrenewed, uh, and then we hired a new off new defensive coordinator. We hired an offensive coordinator, which I think is a bigger story than who we hired. Uh, but if you got a quick take, let it out. Now is the time. A good and bad thing, I'll say. Like, uh, I have mixed feelings on the defensive coordinator. I personally didn't have anything against Wade Phillips. I know the some of the concern was, you know, he was just older mentality and trying to match up with the energy of, you know, Sean McVay and everything. I personally don't buy into that, per se, but, um, you know, here's hoping – in terms of having another offensive coordinator, that to me I agreed with because I feel like when there was an offensive coordinator, there was some checks and balances between how McVay ran the offense. So I think I think in that light, I like it. Um, I, I, I'm i going to miss uh, Bones, though, Coach yeah. Bones. I, I, I think losing him, I think, is going to be the biggest loss of them all. Uh, you know, I know he didn't leave on a good note with that last, uh, you know, questionable play, but um, excluding that play, he, he's a highly desirable coach uh, for special teams. So it, it's going to be very difficult to find somebody that's just as efficient as he was. But uh, that's how it goes sometimes, man. But uh, that's my overall thoughts for now until – we get you know closer to the season. Uh, how about you, Steve? What's your take? Uh, I'm with you on Wade, and I give my thoughts. So I don't need to go too deep on that, but I, I think he kind of got scapegoated here. It's definitely a risk bringing in uh, an, an unproven guy uh, to take over as the defensive coordinator. But uh, you know what? It's clearly uh, a risk McVay wants to take. I think he kind of wants to take more control of the the team at this point I would say if that makes sense uh when Wade Phillips obviously is not really a guy uh you you could have much control over um but and then and then I'm I'm just glad they hired an offensive coordinator uh we could talk about Matt LaFleur if we want to um but they bring in they bring Kevin O'Connell as the offensive coordinator Matt LaFleur uh <laughs> I I don't know why I said we could talk about him if we want to like I wasn't about to talk about him. Uh I, my 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 brain is jumbled. Bear with me. 
<laughs> Matt LaFleur, I think, turned out to be a better coach than we all thought he was. And maybe Kevin O'Connell, I don't know if he'll be that level, but I think it is, as you mentioned, it's helpful to have some checks and balances. I don't expect McVay to give up the play calling duties, but I think it was a smart move to, to bring in an offensive coordinator in general. Uh, yeah. Defensively, we'll see. I, I liked Wade a lot, and he was very valuable to this team. Well, it's like you said, though, with LaFleur, um, he uh, he definitely proved himself by, you know, getting the Packers as far as he did. But um, more than anything, while I, I still don't believe it was LaFleur that kind of, you know, ascended the Rams offense, I think more of it had to do with Sean McVay. But I do think having LaFleur there, uh, in the checks and balances, I, I think you can definitely make an argument there. And uh, hopefully, you know, that'll be the case with this new hire. Yeah, and it, it'd be ridiculous to say Matt LaFleur was the reason why the offense was successful. The offense was probably better the year we didn't have Matt LaFleur. But at the same time, that year when that team kind of ran into a wall, they didn't adjust. And you might be able to make the case that they adjusted more when they had the offensive coordinator there. Uh, but yeah, it's old news at this point. <laughs> Excuse me. So for the next couple weeks, uh, we are going to do final grades for players uh, on the Rams. This week, we're going to do rookies and second year guys. So uh, the younger guys on the team for this week, we're going to give a, a grade on the season and then a grade in terms of long term confidence that that player will have a long-term role on the Rams, at least through the duration of their contract, uh, if not after. We'll, 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 we'll talk off the pot and see if that makes sense for the non-rookies and second-year guys. But let's get into it. Let's start with, I would say, the, the rookie of the year for the Rams, second-round pick, our highest pick, Taylor Rapp, a safety. Played in 15 games, played every game he was healthy, missed one due to an injury, started in 10 of them, uh, took over, the he he was basically a starter in all of them, but he was a real genuine every down safety uh, for ten games, filling in for John Johnson. Ninety nine total tackles, I believe that was the third most on the roster on the team. Uh, he had two interceptions, I believe those both came in the same game. Uh, Sixty one solo tackles, scored a touchdown on one of the interceptions, had a fumble recovery. To me, and I'm glad I can say this because. This was not a pick. I didn't love this pick. It felt like a luxury pick to me. But as it turns out, this ended up being a great pick. And I will eat my words. I'm going to give Taylor Rapp an A+. And, and for me, these grades, are for the rookies and second-year guys, I, I, I'm grading these guys off of expectation and and performance. So, you know, it, let's say if I give Nick Scott an A, I don't know if I will. That's not saying he played just as good as Taylor Rapp it's per what you hoped he would do he did it uh Taylor Rapp did what we hoped to do and more he had a mental error that was costly against the 49ers but I mean other than that there's not a ton of nitpick this was a great rookie year and long-term confidence that this guy will be a starter on the team I'm also going with an A plus I would it seems incredibly likely we enter 2020 with him and John Johnson starting next to each other at safety, and I'm excited about it. I'm glad this pick has worked out. 
Yeah, as far as the uh um <laughs> as far as he's concerned, you know, Taylor Rapp you you can't help but be very supportive about this pick because whenever you have this you know kind of player that's so versatile, when you really think about it, this guy played multiple roles, you know. This is a guy that came in playing the hybrid linebacker position. He, uh, you know, filled in for John Johnson, which is in a way out of position for him because um, Taylor Epp is more of a strong safety than a free safety. You know, and, and then to top that off, you know, he filled in a strong safety at times too. So to get that out of, you know, n- you know, a lower round pick, you know, th- that's that's pretty impressive. You hope that a first-round pick can have the success that Taylor Rapp had, and some guys don't have it. But Taylor Rapp fulfilled all expectations here. I mean, I, I think if you're disappointed in Taylor Rapp, you're focusing on that one negative play that he had. Um, it, it would be really ridiculous for anyone to give him less than an A at this point, I mean, for me, I give him an A plus because he had he had truly a great season, way more than you can expect for any rookie. And uh, you know, long term wise, this just goes to show you that uh, you know Les Need really knows how to draft safeties because my God, I don't know how much success. If there's one one position the Rams have had success with in recent years, it's certainly at safety and. Taylor Rapp's definitely the key there. So moving forward, you can't be happy. You you, you got to be happy with this guy. We've said it every every time a a safety departs from the Rams over the past couple of years. They do a damn good job of finding guys to fill that role. I mean, you look at the safeties that have been on the team under Les Need. It's been a revolving door. Rodney McLeod, T.J. McDonald, uh, Mo Alexander, Lamarcus Joyner. It just just tons tons of guys that have came and came and went, and they've all they've all came to play. They all played well. Even even uh, Cody Davis wasn't wasn't terrible when when he had to step in and play. Uh, so a- another great pick by Lesney. Do I agree with moving down so far and not taking a lineman? I don't think so. I think we could add Taylor Rapp where he got Daryl Henderson, but I, I you can't complain about having him on the team. It, it was a great pick. David Edwards, probably the second most most burn out of any rookie on the team this year. Started 10 games, had a 61 grade on pro football focus, which is pretty solid, all things considered. Started at left guard and started at right guard. Uh, to me, David, it was a fifth-round pick, right, David Edwards? Yes, I believe so. So you're talking about a, a fifth-round pick. Who, who was called upon to step in at guard. And I mean, I I think he played fantastic. I'm going to give him an A. Uh, fantastic might not be the re- right word because like any rookie being thrown into thrown into an offensive line in the middle of the season wasn't perfect, but he was an immediate improvement over uh, Jameel Demby, who he ended up replacing. You could argue he was... I overall in the season he was definitely better than Joseph Nobum and I think 
from the bat, you you could make the case that he was already better than Noteboom. He he did everything you could ask for of him. He started left guard. He started right guard. Uh, started right guard next to another rookie, and they both held it down. And we'll get to Bobby Evans later, but I give David Edwards an A for this year. It's it, I can't find anything you can complain about with this performance, and the line immediately got better when he stepped in. Long term, I'm gonna go a. I'm going between a B and a B plus. You know, I'm not ready to say that David Edwards will be like a Pro Bowl caliber lineman, but from what I saw this year, you fill out the rest of that line with with competent guys, and he's going to be a competent guy. And I think uh, his emergence gives you a lot of options on what you want to do. You could either go out there and upgrade him, um, but if he's the guy you got to go with, I don't think anyone is going to be that upset about it. You know, as far as David Edwards is concerned, considering this guy is a fifth-round pick, and by the way, I, I did confirm it. Yes, he is a fifth-round yeah, pick. I did as well. Uh, uh, <laughs> the fact that he's a fifth-round pick at a crucial position as the offensive line is, and he came in and started and did a pretty damn good job. And like you said, he wasn't perfect. He made some mistakes. But how— what do you expect out of a fifth round offensive tackle playing a guard position? Keep in mind, he was drafted as an offensive tackle, not a guard. And he didn't. In, in fact, he did an interview earlier this year saying that he never expected to play guard, but it wasn't until Sean McVay at the beginning of the season did kind of cross training uh, with a lot of the rookies and thankfully because if he hadn't I, I think we would have been screwed and left with the guy like Jamel Demby for the rest of the season I can mm-hmm. only imagine how horrible of a season that could have been but Demby I mean uh, Edwards came in and stepped up I, I'm actually extremely impressed I, I give it an A plus for the season and I, I can't help but be impressed because of knowing all that we know now. And yes, he wasn't flawless or anything like that. But all things considered, did any of us really expect David Edwards to come in and start at guard and do a pretty good job at it? I don't think so. Um, so long term wise, I'm kind of with you, Steve. Like it's really hard to say anything long term. For a rookie, especially a guy that's a little raw, and we still don't even know what position he's going to end up playing. Next year, he could end up being the starting guard, uh, which could be more and more likely that's going to happen. Um, and, you know, I'm sure there's some growing pains there as well. So we'll see, man. Uh, but I, I have high hopes for this guy if he continues to flourish, especially with the. Uh, Sean McVay's guidance so uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna say a B for long term wise but um, a very hopeful B yeah and, and you have options now uh, with with how you want to play this and we're gonna talk about a lot of the options uh, through the course of this podcast Troy Reader a an undrafted rookie who I was one of the players that made the team over Dakota Allen which devastated me uh, if you listen to the podcast in the offseason, you have my thoughts on Dakota Allen. But uh, 
ended up having a a pretty substantial role in this team, especially after Bryce Hager went down. Uh, played in all sixteen games, ended starting eight, ended up starting eight of them. Fifty two tackles, thirty two solo tackles, two forced fumbles. When it comes to Troy Reader, I didn't really notice him a lot out there, and. Look, that's to me that that's like a positive thing when we're when we give you all these these factors. I mean, he was the the second linebacker to replace Micah Kaiser essentially in that in that role next to Corey Littleton. He from from what I remember the season, he seemed like a reliable tackler. Um, I, I give him a B because expectations versus what he got. He 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 was fair. Fairly reliable. He made made a lot of tackles, and I I I wasn't out there seeing him getting exposed in certain things. I'm sure they protect him a little bit in pass coverage, but hey, either way, uh, he he wasn't getting burned all the time. And but but I will say, long term, uh, as far as Trey Reader being a starting linebacker on this team, I'm probably going to go a D. I think that's that's something that I'd like them to look elsewhere to fill and have him be in a reserve role a la what Bryce Hager's been for us. Yeah, for for the most part with the uh, with Troy Reader, one of the things one of the reasons why you didn't really notice him much is because he's not particularly a, a playmaker of sorts. He's he's a guy that's a, a surefire tackler. Um one of the things I was really impressed with is uh, he really knew where to stick his helmet, like where the um, whenever a receiver caught the football, he I noticed a couple of times that he caused a couple of uh, incomplete passes because of where he placed his helmet, and that's that's a really important skill to have, especially at linebacker. Uh, coverage skills, I, I would say, are meh, and that's kind of one of the reasons why you never noticed Troy Reader. But um, overall, for a guy that we weren't even sure we wanted on the roster, uh, I can't help but be very impressed with him. I give him a solid B plus for the season because, uh, again, you know, I was kind of with you, Steve. I, I really wanted uh, Dakota Allen, and um, Troy Reader stepped up, especially considering there was a lot of injuries and a very thin, you know, thin depth chart there. So, uh, for the season, I think a B plus is, is, uh, pretty fair. Uh, as far as career longevity, I'd be happy to keep, you know, try reader for, for years to come, maybe not as a starter. I don't know if I'd want him to be our starter, but, um, who knows, maybe he can develop more and more and become that secret weapon that kind of like how Corey Littleton was, uh, when he first came in, you know, was kind of a unknown his first year and, you know, made some plays here and there. And then um, he slowly but surely became like a force to be reckoned with. So maybe he can have that kind of progression. A little doubtful, but um, you never know. But ultimately to have him as a backup, I think would be a good idea because he, he's a he's a good guy to have, I'll say. Um, so overall for me, I think far career longevity goes, I would say, a solid C plus C. Uh, I think we can. I can agree with there. Yeah, a guy. I guy. Like I agree. I would love to have him on the roster. Not necessarily enthralled by the idea of having him as a starter. 
Uh, before we get to the next guy, let's take a quick break. You can't control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand a chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed. All right, Bobby Evans. Uh, this is a <laughs> man. The Bobby Evans started in seven games, but what what a seven they were! Only graded out to a forty nine point four in Pro Football Focus, which uh, is not very good. But also only gave up one sack this year. Uh, I, I'm this is this is probably not, I don't know if this is the right grade. I'm gonna give him an A minus on the year uh in a vacuum was his play at right tackle worthy of an a no but we're talking about a dude who like gets called upon while the offensive line is in shambles to replace rob havenstein who's been a starter for years at right tackle who's getting destroyed against the chicago bears with khalil mack and a great defensive front and plays his fucking ass off in that game and does not allow Khalil Mack to do anything for that really for that alone and the fact that he outplayed Rob Havenstein this season I give him an A minus long-term confidence though I'd say more of a B minus I I am not ready to anoint Bobby Evans as the right tackle of the future can he is there a chance he could be absolutely there was a lot to like this year uh but they also he also wasn't perfect and i say b minus i think there's a chance he goes the next season to right as a starter right tackle i also think there's a pretty significant chance that they give havenstein his job back uh at least to start the season and if he if he fails to produce again uh, it'll likely go back to uh, evans but i'm gonna go b minus here for long-term confidence but an a minus in the season uh the look the offensive line changed when he stepped in and he was a big factor in that johnny what what do you got on evans i think one of the reasons why the the pro football focus uh grade is uh so low is because he did get a lot of help from tight ends like johnny munt um and, and it's fair it's a fair assessment because you know having that kind of you know, aid does kind of affect the grading within reason. I mean, you know, this is a guy that kind of stepped in, as you said, in the middle of the season, you know, this dude was just kind of thrown into the fire of sorts. And not only that, he was playing in an offensive line that just was, it just was assembled essentially. And, you know, he came in, did very well. You talked about the game against the Bears where he really did extremely well. And I I had to say I was really nervous about the Bears game because of this. Not that I had a lot of faith in Rob Havenstein the way he played all season long. But you know what? For a guy that we didn't even know if he he was going to see the field all year long, he came in and he did a solid job, you know? 
uh, I would say I, I'm not as enthusiastic about him as like other players, but for certain, certainly in the future, and to play up to higher standards like that, I think this is a guy you want around, especially for the depth that the Rams have had at offensive line in recent years. So based on last year, I can't help but give the guy an A because, uh, again, we had no idea if this guy would see the field at all, and yet he came and became a starter. Yeah. As far as, you know, future-wise, I think it's a good problem to have whether or not you're uncertain who your starting right tackle will be because you have that younger pressure coming up. You know, so between him and Havenstein, I, I like that problem. I, I like not knowing who's going to be the starter because you have, you know, two talents there. And hopefully Havenstein kind of regains his composure because th- there's a reason why he got a, a big contract extension. You know, it was because he had a extremely good year the previous year. So hopefully he can return to form. But to have these two kind of duke it out for a starting spot, you know, who knows? Maybe maybe we, the Rams can find another spot for him on the roster. He was also being cross-trained for guard, too. So that's a possibility, too. It doesn't it doesn't necessarily have to be that this guy is either a starter or a backup. So we'll see. But uh, overall, for longevity grade, I, I it, it's still a mystery. So I'm, I'm going to have to give it a B also because uh, you hope for the best, but what what you're going to get is anybody's guess. Yeah, I'd say it's like a, certainly he will have a a role, either the starter or reserve on this team next year. But the Rams did cut Shimon Brown for no reason a couple of years ago. So who knows? Uh, I'd say the last real rookie of note before we get into some of the second tier guys, Daryl Henderson. Uh, not a ton of action this year, but we talked about him a lot. Uh, 147 yards on the ground, 3.8 yards per rush. Uh, had a had a couple catches in the season, four receptions for 37 yards. But uh, as we've talked about at length, Rams didn't really use their running backs in the passing game a lot. They had to block. I I don't have a lot to say about Daryl Henderson at this point. I give him a C minus. Uh, there was a lot to like out of him. But uh, he he didn't really produce that much. Whether that was his fault or the situation he was put in, probably more the latter. But still, I'm not going to give him a high grade. Long term confidence, though. I I'm giving two grades here. If he is a spell running back, uh, a compliment to a good starter, I gi- I give that an A. I have full confidence he has the ability to be able to do that come in, change the pace, make some plays. As your lead every down back, I would I I gave it a C. Uh I'm not I'm not there yet. I'm not convinced, but there there was enough to make me think that it's possible. Uh but yeah, that's all I got on Daryl. You know, as far as Daryl Henderson is concerned, I personally think he has a lot of potential and I think many of us still see that potential but to sit here and tell you that we saw it in 2019 I'd be I'd be lying to you and um, 
I don't necessarily blame Henderson for that because I feel like the whole running game situation was such a mess. I feel like the entire running game, you know, starting from Todd Gurley all the way down to Henderson, you know, you <laughs> you, you really can't blame him for not seeing a whole lot of touches and the running game in general didn't see a lot of touches. That being said, I did also see a lot of scenarios where Henderson could have been a little more effective for the few times he was out there. But overall, I think I, I think I got to give him a D because the eh, this is really this is really tough because I, I don't want to give him too low of a grade here, but I feel like that's a fair grade because. There was a couple of instances, not many, but a couple of instances where Henderson could have truly showcased his talent and maybe even steal some touches away from uh, Todd Gurley. But he just looked very robotic out there and just wasn't all that good, to be honest. Uh, But I think that's also a testament to where the offensive line was at that point too because it was struggling at times too so i think uh i'll say a d plus to make it sound a little bit better but uh for the, <laughs> for the season i know i know I, i'm just you know i'm a nice guy like that but you know i i will make it up for the longevity here because the in the long run i do think that henderson is going to step up. I think he's gonna learn a thing or two, especially from Gurley. Um, you know, I I had an opportunity to talk to him during training camp, and he seems like a very focused young guy. So um, I'm hoping that he will, you know, focus more and not think so much about last season. And I'll I'll say uh, I'll give him a B, a, a solid B for the future. I think he's going to be a very talented guy and hopefully um, he'll have like a, you know, running back tandem, like similar to how the former Atlanta Falcons tandem was uh, between Tevin Coleman and uh, Devonta Freeman. Mm-hmm. Um, just hopefully they stay healthy. <laughs> Staying healthy is what we need to hope for when it comes to running backs. Uh, but yeah. He's no doubt he's talented, and hopefully he can continue to put it together. Uh, next couple guys shouldn't take spend a ton of time on any of these guys. Greg Gaines played in ten games, thirteen tackles, had half a sack. Uh, I don't remember what game that was, but I remember that sack was pretty dope. I think he teamed up with Aaron Donald. A lot of us expected him to take the job from Sebastian Joseph Day. He didn't. We'll talk about SJD a little later, but. And I'll give him a C-. He wasn't asked to do a ton. Uh, he he did all right when he was out there. Long-term competence to be a starter, I'd say D+. Plus. Uh, he, he didn't show me much to, to work with this year. But at the same time, we might not need him because Sebastian Joseph Day took that ball and ran with it. Of sorts. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, Greg Gaines, I, I still have a lot of faith in this guy because um, yeah, I think what we need to understand is the defensive line, especially at 
nose tackle is one of the hardest positions to play. It's it's not something that you can just kind of jump right in and be automatically good unless your name is Aaron Donald. But as far as Greg Gaines is concerned, I, I do think he has potential. Last year we show, we seen flashes of it. But as you said, Sebastian Joseph Day just did step up and he he took the job, you know. So for the little time we saw him, I think C is a free, fair grade. And moving forward, I think C is, a, is also a fair grade because um, I think once he has some time to develop and hopefully shine a little bit more, uh, maybe he will challenge, you know, Sebastian Joseph Day in the future. But uh, for now, C and C is what I got. Hey, you know what? You convinced me. I was being a little harsh. I'll up the long-term grade to a C as well. Because he didn't really get a fair chance. And I don't want to sound like an idiot on my next player we're going to talk about. But that is David Long. Uh, for this season, I don't have a grade. I'm not going to grade him in this season. What, he playing well, like one game? Uh, I guess if I had to, I'll give him a C plus just because he wasn't really able to break through the rotation. Uh, that's ridiculous. If I had to give him a grade, I'd give him a D. Uh, but I don't really want to because we barely used him. But look, long term, I, I still I still go B, maybe even a B plus. Uh, I like the pick. He wasn't really needed this year. Oddly enough, Troy Hill ended up having a, a pretty great season, all things considered, uh, when he was forced to step in. I, I still have faith in this guy long term, and I think he will play a role in this team. You know, I um, I was thinking about not, you know, giving him a grade for 2000, but I think you convinced me to give him a grade. <laughs> I, I I have to give him an F, honestly. And uh, I know this sounds harsh. Hear me out. So with David Long, he had all the hype in the world, which isn't necessarily his fault. You know, coming in and, you know, he was a guy that the Rams were really high on and um, he really hasn't really done much to cement anything about being hopeful about him, especially considering, you know, he was supposed to challenge Troy Hill for, you know, the reserve role going back to when we still had Tlaib and Peters on the roster. But um so not only was he not able to really challenge Hill, but there was other guys like Dayon that he couldn't even start over. And he was an undrafted free agent. You know, I, I don't know. Like for me, that's a, that's a little disappointing from a guy that was actually drafted and, you know, was coming out with a lot of, um, hype as a coverage specialist and just hasn't really shown much of anything. He's still a rookie and cornerback is a tough position also. So I'm not going to say longevity wise, I don't have a lot of hope, but um, I, I do think he has potential and hopefully he will find that he could also be a late bloomer that that happens in players also. So 
Um, I'm going to still say I have a B minus in terms of career longevity because I do have hope that he will eventually get there. But uh, for now, uh, for the 2019 season, I, I got to give him an F. An F. I, Johnny, yep. I just have to applaud you for taking off your Homer goggles for this take. I never thought I'd hear you give someone an F. <laughs> let alone let alone David Long, who barely played. <laughs> you I, thought I was going to give him an A? I, I, an F? I didn't see that coming. I got to applaud it. And look, it, it's, it might be warranted. <laughs> Man, poor David. Uh, <laughs> last couple guys I got on the list for rookies. I'll just run through them quick. Nasimba Webster, give him a B- on the year. C, long-term. Uh, I don't know if he's the returner of the future, but he, he played all right. Didn't didn't do much. Uh, Nick Scott, I don't have a grade for him on the season, but if we're talking special teamer, long-term, still an A. Uh, he was out there on special teams. He probably will be for the duration of his contract. And then Natrez Patrick, I, I literally don't have anything to say on him. I'm sorry, guys. I got I got nothing. Johnny, you got you got any takes on these guys? The simple Webster, I'm gonna give him a C. I I mean, he was literally brought in to compete with Jojo Natson and both were very underwhelming. I'm just gonna mm-hmm. say that. Um, at least at least he has some upside as if if there's like four injuries in the wide receiving depth chart, he <laughs> might be out there. Um, but otherwise, yeah, 2019, I think C is fair. Um, longevity wise, D plus. I, I don't know if I really care if the Rams bring him back or not. He has potential, but the potential I see him in is at receiver, not necessarily as a special teamer, which is what the Rams really need. In terms of receiving wise, the Rams are set. They don't really necessarily need him. So, um, yeah, see there. Uh, Nick Scott, I'm going to give him a B plus because he does. He was literally brought in to put play special teams. He played special teams, did a solid job at it. Why not B plus? Uh, as far as longevity wise, same thing B plus. Um, I I see him pretty much the way Bryce Hager should be in as a special teamer and special teamer only. Yeah, that's that's all I got there. Natrez Patrick, yeah, I'm going to give an incomplete grade there just because he – there was some hope in preseason, but he didn't really play much. So, yeah, um, longevity-wise – uh, C minus, you know, uh, solid depth, I guess. A preseason warrior. <laughs> yeah. And that's all I got for you. Yeah. Uh, out of these 10 guys we just talked about, I'd say I, I, I think they're all on the team next year except Patrick. I don't know if he's going to be on the team. He might. Uh, but gun in my head, I'd probably say no right now. Uh, even, even the Simba. Because we have to move on from fucking Mike Thomas at some point, man. Uh, and <laughs> just give that spot to the Simba. Kadero Hodge isn't here anymore. Uh, we don't need to draft a receiver. We'll see what happens if they trade. 
uh, any Brandon Cooks or anybody else. Couples, you didn't hear, Steve? What's we we just gave a we we just gave a contract extension to Mike Thomas. Uh, they probably will. He'll probably be in camp next year. Uh, we got a couple second year guys. We'll see if we get to all of them, but I think really three of them are are the ones that really matter here. We'll start with Sebastian Joseph Day. I, I'm going to give, compared to expectations and everything, I got to give him an A minus, man. Uh, played in all 16 games, started 15, 44 tackles, two sacks, five tackles for loss out of the no tackle position. Um, look, I thought he was a, a fine compliment to Aaron Donald and Michael Brockers. Michael Brockers played better next to him than he did against the Dominican Sioux. I don't know if that means anything, but uh, he he was fine out there. He made some plays. Uh, he he wasn't really getting bitched all that much. Uh, I I didn't have really any expectations for this guy. I was pretty surprised that he had the job to begin with. You when you go from having a guy like Dominican Sioux in the line to having an unproven, I I believe six round pick from last season. Uh, and he plays like that, you, you can't be that mad. Yep, six-round pick. So I, I give him an A-minus, and I think long-term, it, look, if he's in his current role as a long-term starter, I'll also give him an A-minus. Uh, I don't know how much better he can get. Uh, obviously, I, I, there's room for improvement. I don't really see this guy being a pro bowler or anything, but next to, next to a couple pro bowlers, yeah, I, I think he can – continue to be well and produce in this role. So as far as Sebastian Joseph Day is concerned, I think if you're going to grade based off of expectations, I think a solid B plus is, is in order because I don't think anybody of a, uh, was really expecting him to get the starting job. Um, and, but he did, and he, he did, he did pretty solid in terms of, Future expectations, I'm not really expecting much because while he did a lot better than I expected, it still wasn't consistent. Like there were times where he just flat out disappeared. And I think that's the defense in general, to be honest. But um, but particularly him, I, I felt like there's a lot of room for improvement there and I would – I would not. I'm not gonna lie. I would kind of prefer to see somebody else there instead of Sebastian Joseph Day. But if the Rams can't break the bank to get somebody better, I'm I'm okay with him being the starter, as opposed to like you know experimenting with someone like Greg Gaines, who you know clearly wasn't gonna get the starting job. So overall, for longevity wise, I'll say um, a B. You know, because if nothing else, he'll make excellent depth. Um, but overall, I I, I I have a feeling he's going to be the starter at least for next for next season. I hope so, man. I mean, I'm I'm not going to sit here and act like he's the next the next big thing. But you got a lot of holes on this team that you're going to have to fill. A lot of question marks with impending free agents. He's fine. Let it let him keep playing. And yeah, maybe maybe Greg Gaines is the guy you thought he was going to be when you drafted him. Uh, I don't think this is a position they should look to fill either through the draft or through free agency. We have needs, uh, and I don't. I don't think this is one. I think you, you, the guys you have can produce. Uh, you might have to replace Michael Brockers, 
you want to bring in a defensive lineman, replace him or pay him. Uh, I, I'm not worried about this position. Two guys uh, that'll be linked for eternity, so to speak, uh, Brian Allen and Joseph Noteboom. I guess we could start with Allen. He, he started more games, nine starts, graded out as a 58 on Pro Football Focus, had five penalties on the year in nine games and a sack or allowed a sack. Uh, look, man, if you if you listen to this pod all year, you guys know how I feel about Brian Allen. I, I do not think the dude is very good. Uh, I was not impressed whatsoever, and I don't think it's a coincidence that when he went down with an injury and we moved Austin Blyde to center, the offensive line got much better. Uh, I'm going to throw it down just as you did, and look, I know this guy got better. Uh, <coughs> sorry. I know this dude got a little better before he got injured, so I to be nice, I will give him a D minus on the season, and long term, as a starter, I will give him an F because I don't see it. I don't see it at all. Nothing. He, I know some people saw some stuff this season. Nothing he did to me this season made me think that he's a long term starter at center. And I thought Bly the Bly that played him, and I don't know if the numbers the on Pro Football Focus or whatever back me up on this. Uh, but I mean, there was a game where he literally didn't snap the ball and took a delay of game with under two minutes left in the red zone. I don't know how you're a center and you do that. Just snap the ball. Uh, I, I, I am not a believer whatsoever. And if he wasn't on the team next year, I wouldn't lose any sleep over it. Steve, tell us how you really feel. I've been telling you all year on this, dude. <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to be quite as harsh here. I know, shocker, but um, let me put it this way. For the love of God, can we resign Austin Blythe? Because, as you said, once Austin Blythe was the center, the offensive line got tremendously better. And I don't know if I would give up on Brian Allen just yet because I'm I'm kind of giving him the benefit of the doubt of him being super young, his first time as a starter. You know, he didn't exactly come aboard to a well and complete offensive line. It was a very experimental offensive line. And that being said, he did get slightly better towards the end of what his season was. If I'm going to base it on last season, I'd have to give him a D like he just was very disappointing. And, uh, and I think the most disappointing aspect in all of this was how much the team hyped him up. So I don't know if that's really his fault as it is, you know, the, Rams not being on top of their talents, particularly Sean McVay. And I think I'll let you keep going, but the bar that John Sullivan set was so low at center. And I don't think he ever even got over it. It's like if you're playing limbo and you're five, 10 in the bar, six feet tall, and you accidentally step on your tippy toes and hit the bar and don't, don't go under it. Uh, it it was not a high bar to pass, and it was, and he didn't even do it. 
<laughs> wow. <laughs> Just kick him while you're down. Why don't you, man? Hey, look, I, I hope I, I hope I'm wrong. Uh, he seems like a great dude. He's under contract on the cheap. If he could be, if he could be a starting lineman, that'd be fantastic. Maybe I am wrong. Maybe I'm being harsh, uh, but I'm just calling it like I saw it this year. You know, you're you're right because I think our grades are pretty similar on the year. I will adjust my grade from longevity wise because I think big picture, if nothing else, he is a serviceable backup, and I think this might be a, a good idea to also cross-train him to play backup guard because, who knows, um, in my opinion, Austin Blythe played much better as a center than as a guard. So that there's that. I much mean, better. maybe he... That's, just, that's yeah. a fact. Yeah, so, I mean, maybe he plays better as a guard than as a center. You never know. Um, there, There's no reason he can't be repurposed in some way. And if it's just strictly a reserve role, I'm okay with that if he's reliable and not a Jamel Demby. Uh, yeah, so overall, I still think he has hope in terms of his role on the team. But starting center, I would strongly urge the Rams to re-sign Austin Blythe, whatever it takes to bring him back, because you know I, I don't think Brian Allen's the answer, and Quite frankly, I think I I'd rather um, take my chances with with just about anybody else playing center, um, whether it be Austin Corbett or somebody else, anybody else. So um, longevity wise, I say C plus, or I mean, no, uh, yeah, C plus. I'll say C plus. I'll give it a little positivity there, just because. Depth is actually very important, as we learned this past season. Yeah, <laughs> and and knowing properly rating your own players uh, also important. Uh, yeah, I said I wouldn't lose sleep if Brian's out on the team next year, but uh, look, if if he is on the team as a backup, I'd be fine with it. Uh, he did show some things, I guess. Uh, I feel like we. <laughs> We might we might be flipping on our our harshness for the next guy Joseph Noteboom, uh, only started six games, really only played in five of them. Uh, the guy who replaced him originally was much worse, but uh, I think the other guards that played might have been better. Another tackle being put at guard, uh, but David Edwards did it much better than him. Uh, I <coughs> he showed me more than Brian Allen did. That being said, it's still a D. Still a disappointment. Uh, I think him and Allen were the chief reasons. Well, not, you know what I can't even say? I can't say they were the chief reasons why the line wasn't good. But they were probably the weakest links. Uh, may, maybe not even. We'll, we got to talk about why then heaven sign later in a different podcast. But I'll give him a D on the season. Long term, though, I'm still going to say C+. Plus. I don't know if he'll be a guard or a tackle, but I st- there might be a starter in there. Um, and I think he's a guy that will be on the team for the duration of his contract. I don't know if he's a starter. I don't know if he will be next year, but there there's enough with Joseph Noteboom that gives me hope. I, 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 C-plus might be a little high in long-term confidence, but 
He's a guy that we all liked when we drafted him. The staff really liked him going to last season. Maybe there, maybe there's still something there. Uh, I, I think I'd be inclined to say there is. So the hope with Joseph Noteboom is that he will one day replace Andrew Whitworth at left tackle. And I was very vocal about this, that I'm terrified at the idea of putting him at left tackle. I was more comfortable with him being a guard. And after this past season, I'm not even sure I want him as a guard. Uh, you know, I I think it has a lot to do with the chemistry of the offensive line as a whole when he was actually playing. I do think that things got worse, you know, when you put in Jamel Demby. Actually, I don't think I know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. Uh, I mean, they it definitely just got worse. Yeah, um, but then you you put in a rookie tackle at the guard spot, and you can almost make the argument that David Edwards played better than Joseph Noteboom. So that says a lot. It really does. In the end, I don't know if I can sit here and say that I'm given up on Noteboom because I still think he has a ton of potential. But if I'm going based off of last year, I, I think a D is a fair grade because, boy, him and, and Allen really disappointed. And I think a lot of it is Sean McVay's fault for overhyping him because he did. He, he yeah, really but... overhyped both players to the point where these guys weren't even playing in the preseason. Yeah. <laughs> what a mistake. Yeah, that, I mean, put that in perspective. I mean, he, these guys were being preserved because, and they both ended up getting injured anyway. That that says a lot. But, um, yeah, these guys were preserved and highly disappointed. Moving forward, I'm going to still say D. You know, I, I, I think he has potential. I do, and I hope that he makes me eat these words because I want this guy to live up to the hype, but I can't really take the hype seriously if I don't, I mean, personally, I, I still don't see what everybody was seeing him at, at left tackle. That terrifies me. So if I can't see him at left tackle, my only last option is at guard and seeing what we saw this past season, I I'm terrified to stick him back there. So, if nothing else, I guess he makes a good backup. You know, this is a guy that I guess you would want in a way as a backup. But, you know, for a guy that you hope to be a starter, uh, yeah, I, I think we're going to be very disappointed. And, you know, it's it's a good thing that there's talent there. Um, because if not... Uh, I I don't know. I'm I'm still kind of scared of him being our starting guard. So D and D. <laughs> Out of the four linemen we talked about today, uh, that would be Nopum, Allen, Edwards, Evans. What out of the four do you see any of them as opening day starters next season? Uh, you said Allen, 
no boom and who? Edwards and Evans. Uh, yes, I definitely see Edwards as as a starter, and uh, Evans, I'd like to see as a starter, but I think the money situation with Havenstein is going to prevent him from being a starter. But as far as no boom and Allen, no, I, I, I at this moment, I, I, I think you might have Allen as a starter by default if they don't bring back Blythe. But if they bring back Blythe, no, he's gonna be on the bench. Yeah, I I agree. I th- I think it's I today uh, today I would only say Edwards is uh, an opening day starter next year. Though I do think there's a chance. I I, I think there's a chance that any of these four guys could be starters next year. Uh, but I can only confidently confidently say Edwards at this point. Uh. And Austin Corbier, let's say let's save him for the for later. Last guy we'll touch on, not a ton to touch on, but Ogbania Okoronkwo. I would say, he he had a, a sack and a half this year. Came in the same game against Cincinnati. Uh, overall, he had <laughs> three solo tackles, uh, six total tackles, one tackle for loss, couple QB hits. Really, only played substantial snaps in three games on defense, but I'm going to give him a C plus, strictly for the fact that I was never sure this guy would play a snap for the Rams. Uh, and long term confidence, uh, D plus, because there might be something there as a rotational pass rusher, but. I'm I'm going C plus just because I did not think this guy and I think a lot of people were there. We were all high on him coming out of the draft, but it didn't seem like he'd ever play for us, and he did. And he had a couple sacks, sack and a half. You know, interesting thing is, uh, him and him and Micah Kaiser were so heavily praised coming out of the draft, and uh, both haven't really done much in, in, in Micah Kaiser's defense is because of an injury. Well, both but, of them. Um, both of them have, have been, uh, when when it seemed like the stars were lining for them, they got hurt. We thought Oboe could be produced day one last year, and he didn't get to play. And then this year, Kaiser had a shot, and he got hurt, obviously. Yeah. It, being honest, though, in terms of Kaiser, I, I wasn't really high on him being a starter either. No, but, neither uh, of us were. Um, no, uh, but as far as Oboe is concerned, he, uh, I, I say that he has potential, of course. Um, when he did make plays, it, it, they they counted, man. They um, he He's a hard hitter. You don't want to be hit by Oboe. But, uh, terms of as far as a grade from last for last year I'm a, I'm kind of agreeing with you I I wasn't really expecting him to see the field at all but the fact that he did I guess I'd give him a C because he made the field uh as far as future development I'm going to stick with a C just because I think if if he can actually continue to um, improve, maybe can hit situational uh, pass plays, and I, you know, be a situational pass rusher. I, I, I think that would be great. 
um, especially because if he actually gets hit, um, you know, you, you're, you're going to have a hard hitter on your hands, and what more could you want from a guy like Oboe? So, yeah, see, see for now, see for later. Hey, yeah, I, I think there might be something there. I, I, I'm with you. I, maybe, maybe you step down your David Long Homer goggles, but uh, you just, you just cleaned off your your Oboe Guanco Homer goggles. Uh, that something, something might be there. Uh, well, we're gonna be doing these for a couple weeks, Johnny, because I have 29 players. I think are worth giving grades to this year left, not including the guys we just talked about. Uh, so a couple, couple more weeks and a, a lot, a lot of guys I'm excited to talk about, uh, before we wrap up though, on this pod, I, can I say something about the Super Bowl? Please. The NFC West, every team in the division has made the Super Bowl within the last like 12 years. I think it was. When did, when did the Cardinals last make it? Oh nine, right? Oh, yeah, against the Steelers. Yeah, so I think I don't want them to win, but for divisional bragging rights, I'm not that upset. The Forty ers made the Super Bowl. Is that crazy? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I. I'm not going to lie. I was a Packer fan last week, and I was bitterly disappointed when they just got spanked. Like they didn't—they didn't even belong there. Like I—I—I I, I, I don't even know what else to say. Like I was so disappointed, and uh, I can't bring myself to root for the 49ers, but maybe I can try and see it from a Steve perspective and root for the NFC West. Yeah, and I don't want that I don't want them to beat the Chiefs. Uh just give us some NFC bragging rights, not we don't need that we don't need them to win another Super Bowl. Yeah, that's the other thing. I I I have a bunch of uh 49er friends and yeah, I don't I don't need them to rub how many Super Bowls they have in my face. And, uh, yeah, just, uh, go chiefs. That's all I got to say. Go chiefs. <laughs> you know, I think the problem is, and, uh, it's the same for the Seahawks too. I, I like a lot of people in, in, on the team and in the, on the coaching staff. I hate to say it for the, for the Niners and for the, for the Seahawks. Uh, I think Shanahan is a good coach. I don't think, I, I don't, I don't really care for jimmy g uh but i've always liked sherman even though i feel like that's sacrilegious to say as a rams fan uh but as far as the super bowl goes i want and i think the chiefs will win and i think andy Reid deserves a ring to his legacy because you you could argue and i would argue it that he's the second best coach of the last 20 years or so and he really only needs the ring to to settle it. I mean, you look at who else is in that conversation. It's guys like John Harbaugh, uh, Sean Payton. If you want, if you want to go that route, I don't. I'm just, I'm just saying what people would say. Uh, but Andy Reid is 
made two P- two different teams uh, perennial Super Bowl contenders, and I it, oh, they lose deep in the playoffs a lot, but uh, you 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 can't you can't ignore what this guy has done, even if he never gets a ring. Uh, but I hope he does because then nobody will ignore it. Like I said, go Chiefs. <laughs> Go Chiefs! Uh, all right, you, you got anything else before before we hop off? Um, go Chiefs! Go Chiefs! Uh, <laughs> we should be every week for the foreseeable future. Uh, I, John, I am going on vacation soon, so maybe we'll have to record two next week. Uh, but hopefully, hopefully, no crazy news happens while that happens. Uh, but anyways, as always, find us on Twitter at Steve Ribeiro, at Johnny Five Not Six. Find Rams Talk at Talk Rams. Uh, and hey, we need to replace Marcus Peters in this intro. So if you have any good sound bites for the team, give us your suggestions. Uh, we will talk to you guys next week. Sean Payton, keep talking that. We gonna see him soon. You feel me? control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand the chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed. You can't control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand the chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.